Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. I'm very excited to share two stories of boldness and boundaries in this episode. In the first share, I make a lot of mistakes, but ultimately end up choosing myself. In the second, I don't think I would have done anything differently, but the date still turned out awful. So for your learning and amusement, here is the first bad date. This was many years ago, and I was newly divorced and not too savvy with the dating apps. I was in a place where I wasn't really looking for a relationship, but I was interested in meeting people, flirting, hanging out, nothing serious. I was chatting with a guy who had on his dating profile nothing serious. He wrote that he was an engineer, and he had the gift of banter, so we sent a few flirtatious jabs back and forth, and then agreed to meet for an evening coffee. And we agreed to meet for an evening coffee the next night. Slow the story down a bit, and I will tell you that he only had one photo up, and his mouth was not smiling in it. This becomes relevant a little bit later on in the story. He texted me the afternoon of the date, something like, I'm fine if you wear your ring, that's hot. Um, I'm not married. Sure, he said. First red flag, smug and assumes that I'm lying. This is actually the second red flag if you count the only one photo. Well, I went to the coffee house and he was waiting at a table outside, or rather, a very beat up, unshowered version of himself was waiting at the table outside. He was wearing a two sizes too big concert t-shirt from a band I desperately wish I could remember. I feel like it would make this story even funnier. He had sandals on and very baggy jeans. I briefly amused myself by wondering if he had walked in front of a shrink ray, but only just for a second. Anywho, I desperately wanted to pretend I was not me or fake an ankle sprain, but I scolded myself, Gina, you say looks are not important. Here is your chance to prove it. He was not very tall, and I had boots on over my jeans. I kind of felt like I was figuratively and literally looking down on this guy. I ordered a tea, and I paid for my tea, and he said five times during the time it took me to do so, you are really gorgeous. And it was not this sweet compliment, but the kind of words and stare that felt almost predatory, like these old-time cartoons when the friends are stuck on the island and they're starving and they begin to see one another like a hot dog or a hamburger. It felt gross and irritating. 
He also smiled at me when he said it, and the realization that his teeth were not great hit me like floodlights coming on when the dance clubs close. They were gray, worn down. Still, I sat down with him and we talked for about five minutes before it just came up organically in my story that I'm a feminist. His body stiffened and he said, you're not a feminist. Yes, I am, I chirped. No, you're not. Um, actually, I am, I said to him. And his fist literally clenched. He stopped smiling, thank goodness, because teeth. And he launched into how feminists are man-haters, how they are ball-busters, they want to castrate men. And I offered calmly, shifting into educator mode, that perhaps we just have a different definition of the word feminist. He said no. His definition was the only definition. And he talked about how each of his wives were self-proclaimed feminists, blah, blah, blah. And I began to wonder if those ex-wives were in a shallow grave somewhere. This guy was really getting worked up. And then I remembered that bad dates were an opportunity to keep promises to myself. I always tell my clients, bad dates happen. It doesn't mean anything about me. And then my dating bill of rights came into my head, crystal clear. You have the right to end a date whenever you want. Check out the Boundaries Part 1 episode to learn more about the Dating Bill of Rights if you missed that. And so I waited for him to take a breath from his angry diatribe. I think he was spitting a little when he was ranting. And I grabbed my still-too-hot drink of peppermint tea, and I said, let's just call it, shall we? And I walked out. So lessons I learned from this bad date include to vet people I meet on dating apps a little bit better. Pay attention to yellow and red flags, and also just the simple absence of green flags. So I'll go into more about flags in a future podcast episode, but ultimately this bad date was a celebration because I chose me over some conditioned wariness of bruising the male ego or my reticence of being perceived as a rude person. Date number two in Gina honoring her boundaries is a fantastic celebration, but this one is a bit sad. This was also many years ago, and it was after bad teeth misogynistic guy. I was ready to have someone special in my life, someone smart, kind, funny, someone who had similar values, and maybe a beard. (laughs) I was talking to a friend of mine about this wish for a conscious and loving relationship. And I kept referring to an acquaintance I had bumped into about a half a year before. This acquaintance and I bumped into each other at this great coffee shop. We ended up sitting down and discussing world events, social issues. It was really, truly a fantastic 45 minutes. My cheeks were flushed. My blood was hot. I had felt very smitten. As I talked with my friend about this guy and why can't I meet someone like that, my friend asked if the guy was single. No, divorced, I said. Hmm. I was in the middle of this 30-day boldness challenge, and I decided to call the man, like cold call him. No text to feel things out. I called him up. Let's call this guy Rodrigo, partly because it's a super cool name and partly because it's unusual enough to keep his identity private. So I got the voicemail and I said, hi, Rodrigo, this is Gina. I'm calling to see if you would like to go out with me. 
on a date. Call me back if you have any interest. And I hung up. I could not fucking believe I had said those words so directly. But I did remember to celebrate myself. Go, Gina, you bold bitch, you. (laughs) He called back about three minutes later. Said he had been driving, but he pulled over to call back. I mean, this cutie doesn't even drive distracted. What was not to like about him? And he asked, what did I have in mind? And I said I was up for anything. Hike. Thai food, coffee, whatever. I find that being specific is helpful when planning a first date. Multiple choice is always easy for all of us. And sprinkling in some suggestions that offer a range of time commitments is also pretty good. So I knew how I felt about his company, but I realized that he may not have had a similar experience over that coffee hour, and a hike might be pretty long in the case the conversation got annoying or boring for him. Well, we decided on dinner at a local Thai restaurant three nights later. I was over the moon excited. He had a beard last time I saw him, but even if he was shaved, I just knew it was going to be a great date. I got there first, and he arrived on time with the beard, and we had an amazing dinner and a great conversation. He told truly interesting stories. He listened to my stories. We had the banter, the laughter... The chemistry on my end was about a 9.4 out of 10. I suggested that we go for a walk after dinner because I honestly wasn't ready to go away from him yet. And in a very flirty way, I asked if he was at all curious why I called him out of the blue like that. He said yes, he was curious. I told him basically what I just told you. And we sat down as I was relaying my side, and I said, anyway... I knew if you were attached or not interested in me that you would be kind, and so I took a shot. I beamed at him. I beamed over at him. I remember I felt very pretty in my sundress sitting next to him on the bench. I felt very honest and centered, vulnerable and hopeful. And then he said, Well, Gina, here's the thing. I am seeing someone, and it's pretty serious. What the actual fuck? I said nothing, but those words were actually screaming in my mind. I felt hot tears of disappointment arrive in my eyes, and I knew that my face must be pink and getting pinker. I swallowed. He continued, It took me by surprise, and I like to speak to people in person. And then he said to me, Brace yourself, listeners. He said, I have also never been asked out by someone as put together as you. I looked up at him and I said, Well, Rodrigo, that doesn't take my feelings into account at all, does it? I was not angry. I did not huff away. I didn't call names or hide behind some justified, indignant manner. He looked abashed, and I did not come to his rescue. He said, I messed up. And I said, yeah, you did. He said he was sorry. I said I forgive him, and we went our separate ways. I went to my car, he went to his, I drove home. In my car outside my house, I called my friend Steve, and I cried. I relayed the sad tale, gushed it all out. And Steve asked me this very important question. Gina, would you have done anything differently from your end? And the answer was no. I had showed up exactly as I wanted to show up. Hopeful, vibrant, vulnerable, honest. 
and I did not make it okay that he had messed it up, and I did not make it my fault. I had briefly thought, well, Gina, you were very direct and bold, caught this poor guy off guard. But I quickly corrected that thought to be, hey, Gina, great job being bold, great job opening your heart. It didn't work out how I wanted it to, but I was who I wanted to be. This was a huge celebration for me. And so I'll just offer you these stories to punctuate that being confident, being bold, having boundaries is a practice. It is a practice to be bold and soft and to know that however dates work out, you can offer yourself a sense of love, safety, and belonging. Confidence comes from choosing yourself, from keeping promises to yourself while still being open to love and all the possibilities that that bring. I am sending you lots of love. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, we magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me.